Hello and welcome to another episode of Straight Talk from Mahindra Racing. Now today we have two unsung heroes of the team with us. We have simulator and performance engineer Matt Crossan and we have test and development driver Jordan King. Good afternoon guys, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, this doesn't really matter to you, but if you're watching then there's, a, there's an elephant in the room and there's two big white elephants on Jordan King's hands because uh, you've had a shunt. You've had a shunt here. What's 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 gone on? Hands in your casts, up to your up to your elbows. I just decided that driving race cars was too boring, so <laughs> uh, I wanted to just put some nice big casts on my hand, so I couldn't do anything for six weeks. Yeah. Okay. So a bit of like time off. Is yeah. Basically the yeah. Idea. I wanted an extended holiday, and I thought, what better way of doing it <laughs> to just not have hands for six weeks? Okay. Great. Great. What what actually happened? Uh, I was snowboarding. Yeah. I had four days off, so I thought it was a great idea. Let's go to the Alps. Yeah. And I ran out of talent um, in the snow park and broke both my wrists. Are you, are you a boarder, Matt, or are you... I do snowboard, yeah. Being from Canada, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, fortunately, I've kept all my bones intact. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got to, we're going to have a, a, a roll swap, aren't we, with this? Yeah, maybe slightly more talent than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Jordan, uh, you're often here at the factory working in uh, in the sim as the as the driver what is that process and what what is the the purpose of it that's a main chunk of what we're doing uh, is the race support on the race weekend so when the guys and girls go out to wherever they wherever they go to um Saudi Arabia if we take that for example so they're over there and they're sending all of the track data all of the information back to us and then we're on the simulator correlating that making changes uh, Matt was out um, at the last weekend and for example if there's a few tweaks that need to be made to any energy saving maps we can then run that on the simulator we can go through all of that beforehand because you're so limited at the racetrack on what you can do time wise you got one session straight into qualifying straight into the race where we're a lot less limited on time so we can run throughout the night and test everything and make sure all the software all of the gizmos are working in the right way uh, send it back to our friends sitting here uh, at the racetrack to then put it into the car and make sure that it's it's not wrong. Yeah. Why is that so important and something that is sort of growing in importance, Matt? Yeah, so um, our time that we actually get to be on track during a race weekend is so limited. And even for season eight, we've got even less time on track. Um, so it's really important to be able to show up at the track and already have our best foot forward, the best car that, that we can uh, ahead of time. Um, and for example, I, I do a lot of work around energy management. So for me, it's if I can actually get the, the correlation in, in the simulator to be quite close to the track, it means that we can focus more time on qualifying preparation, which relies a little bit more on driver feel that is hard to replicate in the simulator. So it's not just about getting it perfect for the race, for example, but anything we can do to save time for one part of development can let us have a little bit of extra time somewhere else. And that's a really interesting point because we, we hear from the drivers that, you know, when they turn up to a Formula E track, it's a, it's a bit of an unknown. They've done some sim stuff, but it's quite unknown. How difficult is it to prepare for some of these circuits where no one's ever been? It doesn't even e exist in real life until three days before Formula E gets there. Comparing that to setting up a simulator for something at Spa-Francorchamps or something like that, like it must be almost Im 
well, it's not not impossible because you do it, but it seems yeah. impossible. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you even do that process? Yeah, it's it's definitely quite difficult when you're going to a track you haven't been before, been to before. Um, especially a lot of times we don't get the the actual design of the track until a few weeks before the race. So then we're we're starting from scratch to build up the the actual model in the simulator first, run all of our simulations and things like that. Um, the main thing we really do is we just try and run through as many scenarios as we can. So not just with you know some of the layouts that might be a little bit different than expected, but also from a weather perspective that we don't know if it's going to be dry or wet so we can run, for example, wet scenarios or if it's going to be hot and cold to see how the, the tires or the battery are going to handle the different, very different temperatures that we might experience. And so on a race weekend, Jordan, you're saying you obviously you can do more running than, than than they can at the track. Are you in the simulator while the sessions are on, or is it as soon as the session stops, you jump in and do changes? If there's a Friday practice, does that mean you're in for 12 hours overnight of doing stuff? And if there's not, you just turn up in the morning. How does it work on that front? I suppose the quick answer is, quick answer is it depends. Yeah. Uh, but also yes to everything. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, it really does depend what's happening at the track. Um, if there's a bit of a, a struggle on and we're fighting to get something sorted, then there's lots going on in the sim. Sometimes there's a little bit less going on in the sim. Uh, if we take, say, New York last year, it was a double header uh, with a time difference for us as well. So we were actually running very late uh, each night up until, you know, 4 a.m. in the morning yeah. because everything finished, obviously, normal time in yeah. New York. But yeah. it's five hours shifted for us, so we have to keep going late into the night. And with it being a double header, normally what happens is you finish one race and then there's loads of things we need to test. There's no on-track testing in between the two yeah. race weekends, or two races, race yeah. weekends, however, however you want to look at it. Um, so that's our job. We're then there running all night to make sure we're tweaking whatever it may be um, to get it as perfect as possible. Uh, to your question, in session, it's probably a little bit less because everything's focused on track, but sometimes there is things that need to be... Uh, even, during a, even during a yeah, session? Yeah, maybe not so much related to that session at that time because... It, you're very limited on time to be able yeah. to do it, send it through. But there's always always things that are happening that we're working on to change, as, as Matt alluded to. You know, if it looks like it might rain, we can change the grip level on the sim. Mm. So it's not an exact grip. Okay, we'll just take 20% grip off. We don't know exactly how, yeah. how much slow it's going to be in the wet, but at least we can then map, start to map a bit of an idea of energy usage and, and how that might affect your strategy during a race. That's really interesting because obviously energy usage is a is a huge part of it, Matt. Well, what does a day look like for you when you when you're at the track on a sort of normal race day? Yeah, so uh, on a normal race day, we'd be leaving for the track sometime around six a.m. or so, and we would have a couple of final debriefs um, before the first practice session. Anything we might have learned from the shakedown that we have on the previous day, which. Uh, granted, is quite limited uh, learning from the, that session, but we do learn sometimes. Um, and then we'll have the first 30-minute practice session, which uh, it goes by in the blink of an eye, really. Um, so from my perspective, uh, from race preparation, energy management, we'll just do a few laps of, of race-type um, race um, energy-saving laps um, and then switch focus over to, to more qualifying-type laps. And this is really the first time where we get to see how well our, our simulation and our simulator correlates to, to the track. 
Um, we'll have a short break and then we're back at it for, for the second free practice. And if we've done a good job with the correlation in the simulator, then sometimes we don't need to do any more race prep in the second practice. We can leave it completely to qualifying prep. And then that way the drivers have it all fresh in their head to go into qualifying. And then we can kind of come back to the race stuff a bit later. Um, another break and then, well, short break. <laughs> um, and then we're back at it for qualifying, which is quite interesting with the duels. Um, I sort of stay out of it at that point. We've got about three hours until the race um, to really start to pour through all of our data in terms of uh, our on-track analysis, looking at competitors and things like that, um, as well as strategy. Then about 30 minutes before the race, we get the final declaration for uh, all the attack mode usage. So uh, yeah, we don't get that information ahead of time. So it can surprise us like in London uh, where we just go one attack mode activation, eight minutes straight, which so beforehand we have to prepare for all these different scenarios. Um, but um, so that's yeah, 30 minutes before the race and then race. So, uh, and then uh, if it's double header like New York, uh, like Jordan mentioned, then yeah, we're up all night looking at the data and do it all again the next day. How, um, it, it seems like there's less race running in practice now, this season. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but, it, but you, every time you go into the race, I'll say to a driver, or oh, how you, and they're like, I don't know, did three laps of race prep and that was it, which is surprising. Is that, is that different from last season? Uh, I do think there's definitely a trend uh, from last season towards this season. I think with the, the new qualifying format, with the duels, it's that much more important to qualify well and more difficult as well, um, depending on what your actual outright pace is, that it's a more even even playing field. Um, I think uh, in the races now, especially with, with Gen 2 having uh, so many years of Gen 2, that the, the pace of the cars in the races has kind of converged quite a bit more. So you're more likely not to lose or gain that many places within a race, and that's why the qualifying becomes so much more important. Interesting. Um, Jordan, from, from your point of view, what is it that makes you a good simulator driver? Obviously, your wrists, but, um, but like, what, what, what are the key? Because it's, it's not about being as fast as possible, right? In the way that it maybe would be if you, if you were qualifying on track? Yeah, I think first thing is having working wrists. <laughs> <laughs> An important part of being by any driver in particular. Uh, no, sim simulator work, it's, well, I say consistency, not that, consistency in real life isn't important um, but my job's not so much to be finding that last tenth in driver performance but actually finding that last tenth in car and mm. setup mechanical or even electronic you know however that performance is found you know if I'm missing a little bit myself because I haven't quite maximized the track width it's not the most important thing actually it's me it's my feedback being consistent, um, the way I'm driving consistent, because if Matt goes and changes uh, how we're approaching our uh, energy consumption and then I suddenly change the way I'm driving, it's yeah. two variables. So actually, when I say you know, being consistent, it's obviously important in the real world, but actually on the simulation world, it's probably more important. So the data that we're collecting on the sim, when we send it back to the track, you can have a direct comparison. Because the sim is a closed environment you don't have to deal with wind changes temperature changes track grip changes you can control those you can change them if you want to but if you're making a 
A to B change, you want everything to be as consistent as possible. And the driver is probably the thing that can be most inconsistent <laughs> because we're human yeah, and we make mistakes. Obviously, I've never made mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have to like try and drive like Roland and Sims? Do you have to sort of drive it how they would at all or, or, or not really? There is a little bit of that. Uh, so I can see their data. Um, I also do some uh, sim work for Alpine as well. And that's very similar. We, I look at the data of the race drivers there, I look at the data of the race drivers here. And even if I think, oh, there's a slightly better way to get through this corner, if we're doing direct correlation to their data, yeah. I will try and drive how they're driving that corner. Even if I think, oh, maybe I could tweak it slightly. Because also what you don't know is the sim might be slightly different track model. You mentioned, yeah. you know, they're always a new track every year. So the track model might not be perfect. So if they're driving differently at the track, you've got to try and match that just because that might be the only way to drive in, in real life at the track. So even though maybe the model's slightly different, I'll try and match the way they're driving just to keep it as consistent as possible. Yeah, interesting. Uh, let's learn a little bit more about you two. Matt, Canadian, as we have previously advertised, how have you ended up over here, involved in, in, in all this stuff. Yeah, so, um, yeah, grew up in Canada, as you mentioned, uh, went to university there, um, which is where I really kind of found my love for motorsports. Uh, played a lot of sports growing up, but just found like the mix of engineering with sports, motorsport was just absolutely perfect for that, so. I mean, you only sort of found that at, at uni. Yeah. Like, uh, since you were four, you were. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't quite like that. I mean, I always enjoyed like, learning how things worked but yeah it wasn't really until university where where it really kicked off and then it really kicked off <laughs> and now I, I live and breathe and eat motorsports everything um so we have a, a formula student team at my university which is um, a competition where we design build and race uh, a race car by the students um, against other universities from around the world and yeah, that's really where, where I picked up uh, a lot of my love of motorsports, but all, all my knowledge and background Did you win? as well. Uh, we won a couple times, yeah. <laughs> were, you ever, were you ever driving or were you always just there? I did drive uh, a couple times. So um, yeah, it's all, you have to be a student to, to enter. So there's no professional drivers allowed, um, which is, yeah, one of the things that can be a big differentiator. You can make the best car in the world, but if you put a student in that's never driven the car before, it's it's not going to be very fast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I driven a little bit, and that's where um, I started um, my first look into simulators and things like that because I knew how bad of a driver I was when I first started driving for the team, and how much value there was in the simulators. And that's where I first started learning about simulators as well. Um, so uh, I did my masters as well uh, in Canada, and then. While there, I ended up getting a placement to move over to the UK uh, to work with an F1 team. Um, did that for a couple years, and then two years ago, I moved over to Mahindra. Wow. And there I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you, have, have you driven the sim here? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. and how, how are you? It's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no, it's not like uh, those, yeah, video games where you've got all your traction control and ABS <laughs> and all that kind of stuff that, yeah, it's completely, yeah, it's it's very difficult. <laughs> and Jordan, you're um, you've had a well a, a great career and until now um, and until the wrists. <laughs> yeah, no, it's downhill yeah. since then. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, no, I actually and I was thinking this uh, on the way here. I feel like I've been at a lot of your. I was at your first um, 
ever international single-seater race in Formula 2 at Spa. And there being Palmer Audi. Oh, did you do Palmer Audi? One race in Palmer Audi. Like, really? It's the year 2011. Was that international, though? No, it, uh, I was on Silverstone National, exactly. so it doesn't even count. So I'm, I'm going international, yeah. 2012 Spa. Sorry, you're like Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, 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 exactly. Then I was there when you won British F3 Championship. Yeah. And then I was there when you did your first F3. So you're basically driver. like my biggest stalker. And now I'm here when you're doing your Mahindra development work. That's yeah. how obsessed I am with you. But um, At least I've got at least one person's obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a great, you know, career on the on the junior ladders and stuff and turning professional. How, how, tell us a little bit about it. When did you first get into motorsport? Uh, I, I suppose very random uh, with how I first started. There's a, a karting place down the road. I was there not that long ago, actually, from, from where I live. Um, we went for my birthday when I was 11 years old. And it was that kind of year that all my friends ended up having karting birthday parties. Right. Uh, so I went probably you know, a dozen times that year and enjoyed it. And the owner said, you know, you've now been here a few times and you know roughly what's happening. You can point the car in the right direction and not crash and injure yourself. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, then a dad looked into it, uh, kind of what the next steps were. And then the following year, so about the time I was 11, just before I was 11, uh, sorry, 12, just before I was 12, I went to what I would say is proper karting outdoors. Um, and yeah, then started the kind of the karting road where you you know start racing at club level, then you go to the national championships, and then from national you go to the Europeans, and then the Europeans to the worlds, very similar to kind of the car ladder. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, how old was I? 16, 17, 17. I stepped into cars, but then again you kind of start back nationally again. So I was then racing back in the UK, and then again you go out to Europe, and then go out to the rest of the world. Uh, move up all the way to what was GP2, now Formula 2. So I raced in that. Uh, test driver in Formula 1 for a couple of years, uh, which was good fun. Didn't quite, didn't quite get the nod to go all the way. Um, then I ended up going to America, racing in IndyCar. Yeah. So I did IndyCar for a year. Uh, raced the Indy 500, uh, which, was, which was a pretty cool event. I mean, as a sporting event goes, it's, yeah. it's up there. Uh, so that was amazing to be part of. And then I did some sports car stuff in WEC, World Endurance. Uh, that was LMP2 and LMP1. Uh, then what happened? <laughs> We're getting lost now. But we, this is more recent time, you know. I've had a few more knocks on my head since then, so you start forgetting things. Uh, no, and, and more recently, obviously being here with Mahindra. This is my second year uh, with Mahindra. As I mentioned, I do some work with Alpine. Um, on their kind of simulator program as well. Uh, so yeah, I've I've driven pretty much every car under the sun and <laughs> raced everything and been to a lot of countries, won a few, not won a few. Yeah, done done a bit of everything. All right, uh, favorite moment with Mahindra from both of you? The big, some big, I, I, well, I was gonna guess, but I won't guess, I'll let you answer. <laughs> <laughs> me or you first? Go ahead. Uh, first one for me would be uh, the win at the end of the season last year. It was my first season with the team, and yeah, we'd done a, obviously a lot of work, a lot of hours in dark rooms on a simulator, um, so so then uh, actually finally get the win. I was actually at uh, London as well, so maybe I'm a good omen. Maybe I need. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Still bags watching. Maybe I need to go to more races. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. if you're not in the sim, they win. 
Yeah. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, okay. No, when I'm at the track supporting everyone, <laughs> making sure that they're in the right direction, Jack, come on. <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, to get, to get the win at the end of the year and actually be there with the team when it happened was uh, was obviously a, a good you know, a good moment, a good step in the right direction. It makes you realise that all the work you're doing is right. You know, yeah. you, you're not just shooting at blank targets; you're actually aiming at the right thing. Yeah, Matt. I mean, probably stole the one that, that I would have gone with. Yeah. So uh, pick a new one. Yeah, exactly. So meeting me, first day you met me. Yeah, you go. Yeah, I found one for him. <laughs> Um, so I guess besides that, um, one of the other really cool, I guess, unique moments was the, the season finale for season six in Berlin with the, the six races all together, yeah. that it was sort of like a, a half season all within two weeks. And the amount of learning and development and the camaraderie within the team, it was just really cool to see. It was basically two weeks nonstop of, of motorsport that it was just a really cool and unique experience that... I don't think many of us are really going to experience anything like that again. So, yeah, that was really cool. That's interesting you really enjoyed because it was hard. It was hard. Were you out there or, or here? I, I was there as a reserve in the hotel. Right, <laughs> OK. So I never saw the track, but it was oh, really? still it was still fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And um, But there have been some great... But I was thinking that um, that Rome race where Alexander got on the podium, that looked like a tough race because it was sort of yeah. wet dry and then he made a great restart and got Verla that, yeah those races seem like must be really quite complicated in your in your head yeah and for me that was well my first podium in motorsport and and first podium with Mahindra so I get, I mean that that's up there for sure in terms of one of my my better memories um especially with Mahindra and uh yeah I mean those races when it's wet and you've got safety car starts safety car restarts restart right at the end of the race it's it's always it's always yeah a nail biter so yeah those are definitely special great well guys thank you very much for for joining me been really really interesting learning more about how the simulator works and how it's so crucial to how the mahindra team perform on track that's all from this episode of straight talk there's more available on the mahindra youtube page and we'll see you for the next episode <laughs>